0: Bible Baptist Church, located at 2015 Beulah Road in Madisonville, Kentucky, would like to invite you to listen to a message of the Sovereign Grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ by their pastor, David Edmondson. In Galatians chapter
1: 2, verse 20, the Apostle Paul wrote this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Salvation comes not by our love for God or by our faithfulness, not by giving ourselves to him. Salvation is found in Christ, who loves chosen, believing sinners, and the giving of himself to them. Salvation is all about Christ's faithfulness to the chosen sinner. And Paul digs deep here to the foundation of salvation. Salvation has to do with his love for us, not our love for him. John wrote in 1 John 4.10, Not that we love God, but that he loved us in verse 19 of the same chapter he wrote herein is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins what an amazing revelation to every believer jesus christ loves them and gave himself for them now, what a special distinguishing particular love that Christ has for his people. And this is so, so important. Christ didn't die for me because I believe. I believe because he died for me. Believing and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ is the result of what he purposed for me before the world was ever framed. He loved me and gave himself for me. Therefore, I believe and trust in Him, and this is the solid ground upon which the believer rests. Let's talk a little about Christ's love for His people. First, it's a divine love. This is the love of God in heaven, the divine one, the everlasting Father and forever blessed Son, along with the sacred and Holy Spirit, the great Trinity in unity loves me. The wretch and sinner that I am, I can't wrap my head around that, can you? Delight yourself, child of God, in this glorious truth. Jesus Christ loved you and gave himself for you. God gave himself for us. Secondly, this love is an ancient love and an everlasting love. If the Lord ever loved me, he loves me still. It's an everlasting love, a love that always was and always will be. Who loved me, it says. The verb there, loved, is in the past tense. There was never a time when Christ did not love me, and he loves me now. He loved me on the cross. He loved me in the manger of Bethlehem. But listen to this. He loved me before the foundation of the world. He's always loved me. Thirdly, it's an immeasurable love. If you measure a love by its gifts, then you can certainly have uh, an immeasurable love here, for it was provided by an immeasurable gift. He who cannot be comprehended, he who is boundless, inconceivable, indescribable, gave himself for me. Now, there's a limit to what a man can give, but there's no limit to the love of God in Christ. And because of this union, this union that every believer has with the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no limit of Christ's love for them. You can never measure the heights, the depths, the lengths, the breaths of Christ's love. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Christ Jesus, our Lord, Romans eight thirty nine. What an immeasurable love. Fourthly, this is an abiding love. He cannot love me more, and he cannot love me less. He who is unchanging has an unchanging love. His love for his people is a treasure that will never be lost. It's a blessing that can never be exhausted. We don't hope that he loves us. He loves us. Even though Paul speaks as a matter of fact, he also speaks with a a sense of astonishment. He loved me. He gave himself for me. My, my, the thought that God Almighty could love a wretch like me. What amazing grace. Let's move on and consider verse 21. Paul wrote, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness, the righteousness that God requires, perfect righteousness, if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now, anyone who hopes to be saved by his or her own righteousness or work of the law rejects the favor of God found in the Lord Jesus Christ. When a man sees and feels that the law condemns him, they will not cry for justice but for mercy. They do not want what they deserve because they deserve the wages of sin, which is death. They'll cry for what they don't deserve, and that's the grace of God in Christ. No one has ever recommended one that is innocent to mercy. Mercy and grace are desired by the guilty, we who were dead in trespasses and sin can't make ourselves acceptable before God. You and I can't perform a work of righteousness that God will accept because God only accepts perfection, and neither could Peter or any other Jew who kept the law. Paul wrote to Titus chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, salvation is not, not by works of righteousness that we've done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed. <laughs> he shed on us abundantly through Christ Jesus our Lord. Those who think that they can be saved by doing something, a work of what they call righteousness, are ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Romans 10, 3 and 4. Now hear me, if a man, a sinner, is justified, sanctified, and redeemed by a work of righteousness that he himself does, Paul says, then Christ is dead in vain. In other words, Christ died for no reason. If you're saved by your works, if you're justified in the sight of a holy God by what you do, then Christ died in vain. If you, by your morality, your good deeds, your charity, your church membership, your preaching, teaching, tithing, and attendance, if that's the way you're justified, then Jesus Christ died in vain. If Christ died to bring in a righteousness that can be secured by my works or by your works, Christ died in vain. And if Christ died on the cross to redeem a people who might have otherwise been redeemed by their own goodness, He died in vain, and there was no reason for him to come to earth, and there was no reason for him to become a man, and there was no reason for him to be tried and tempted, and there was no reason for him to suffer. There was no reason for the wrath of God to fall on him. There was no reason for him to shed his blood. Someone was once asked, how long have you been a Christian, a believer? And the response was, all my life. And the one who asked the question said, well, that's just a little too long to be true. The great preacher Mr. Spurgeon once said that to teach that sinners can add anything to the glorious work that Christ did is criminal. It's a crime that insinuates God to be a fool. It would mean that God condemned his own son in vain. Those who preach salvation by works are committing a crime against their hearers because they're giving their hearers a false hope and a false refuge. Jesus Christ is the ark of God. All that go into him will be safe from God's wrath, just as in the days of Noah. Refuge is in him alone. What if Noah had preached that deliverance from God's wrath from the flood could come by climbing to the highest mountain in order to be saved. How criminal would it have been since the highest mountains themselves were covered by the flood? The blood of millions would have been upon Noah's hands. And some today say to preach a salvation by works, well, that that will encourage people to live moral lives. It will encourage them to be virtuous and honest but it also may cause them to trust in their own morality, virtue, and righteousness instead of the perfect work, morality, virtue, and righteousness that Christ provides for his people. Religion today seems to believe that if you preach salvation is a gift of God, and salvation is by grace alone, not what you do for God, but what God does for you, that you'll cause folks to be careless in sin. Why do men and women think that the free gift of salvation gives sinners a license to sin? It does no such thing. A sinner who God has saved by grace will be thankful and obedient to the one who loved them and gave himself for them. And that's what this message is about. Everything else appeals to the flesh. People are more motivated by reward than by love, but not the true believer. Paul said the love of Christ constraineth us. If I do everything that God commands me to do, I'm still an unprofitable servant. Our Lord said that. We preach Christ because we love Him. We give because we love Christ and want the gospel furthered. We worship Christ because we love Him. We attend His gospel and the worship of His Son because we love Him. We tell others about Christ because we love them and because we love the ones we tell but he loved us first and gave himself for us. Dear sinner, Christ did not die in vain. So then, salvation cannot be by a work of righteousness that we do. Salvation is by the finished and perfect work and righteousness that Christ did. A child of God refuses to frustrate, to reject, to despise, to make void the grace of God in Christ. For they know That righteousness does not come by the law, but by grace. And nothing or no one can frustrate the grace of God. Webster's defines frustrate as preventing the progress or success of or fulfillment of something. (laughs) Well, the success and fulfillment of the grace of God cannot be prevented. It will always be successful and fulfilled in those whom the Lord purposed it. And this is the gospel. Christ loved certain, distinguishing, and chosen sinners. He loved them, and he gave himself for them. That is the gospel. And no child of God is ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. If God chose me, ordained me to believe before I was ever born, before I'd ever done anything good or anything bad, then salvation cannot be by works of righteousness that I have
0: done, but by the grace of God. You have been listening to a message by David Edmondson, the pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. If you would like a copy of this message or to hear other messages of God's free, sovereign grace in Christ, You can write to our mailing address at P.O. Box 652, Madisonville, Kentucky, 42431. Or log on to our website at freegraceradio.com. If you would like to come and worship with us, we meet at 2015 Beulah Road, Madisonville, Kentucky. And our service times are Sunday morning Bible study at 10 o'clock a.m. Worship services begin at 11 o'clock a.m. Wednesday evening services at 7 o'clock p.m. Please tune in again next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. for another message of God's free and sovereign grace in the Lord Jesus Christ.